<laughs> Welcome to the Business Legends Podcast, where we interview business leaders and entrepreneurs so that you can learn from their mistakes, pump up your own inspiration, and grow your bottom line. I'm the host of the show, Reese Arlen, along with my co-host, he's somewhat decent, CEO of Business Marketing Solutions Group, Christian Webb. Say good morning. Say what's up. I'm going to put in a request for a pillow. Correct. Request for a, request for a little, great. yep, request for a pillow on the, on the lean back segment. Let's not forget that we are accompanied by the grandest videographer that the world's ever seen, Mr. David Woodruff from Genesis Film. He's off camera because he doesn't like to be on the camera. We've actually shoved him in the corner today. <laughs> we've, been, we've been saying nobody puts David in the corner. And today we have a very special guest, Mr. Clifford Banquet. Is that how you pronounce uh, Blanquiset. Blanquiset. Okay. I knew you were going to butcher that because I did the first time. You too. know, I, I tried my absolute <laughs> hardest. Um, I, I'm I, proud of you. I came up very short on it, but uh, Blanquiset, Clifford Blanquiset. So where does Blanquiset come from? I'm just. Gotta be France. So actually, it's not. You think it would be, but that my grandmother was uh, born in Africa. Okay. And moved to Panama, and the country Panama. And my grandfather had to take her last name because of the time in history. Okay. So I actually have my grandmother's last name that came from a uh, place in Africa. Interesting. That's, I would have never guessed. Yeah. yeah. That's, I'm, that's like a that's like a trivia question or something. <laughs> I don't know. So so Clifford here owns like all kinds of real estate businesses, starting with Blanc or Blank Real Estate. Um, also has his hand, as I understand, in quite a bit of residential things and short term rentals and things like that. Does that all sound correct to you? Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. making, just making sure. I've already butchered your name, so I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to butcher what you do. Your legacy as well. Your legacy, yeah. you know, your your <laughs> it's history. Not, not a big deal. So yeah, fine. butchering everything over here. But um, <laughs> so so, what's real estate like like right now with you know with COVID and everything? And um, you know, I I never know what to believe. I mean, I don't know if real estate is booming or if it's or if we're having issues with it or you know what's real what the world of real estate like right now. Yeah, well, I mean, there's several different answers to that question. Um, in residential real estate, uh, most of our contracts in March and April um, fell apart, but they all came back and then more. Gotcha. So residential real estate, um, Anna and I, my wife and I are part owners of Blankmore Real Estate Group and Cornelius with Andrew and Jody, our partners. And um, basically, day one, everything fell apart, but within 60 days, they all came back and now we're busier than ever. Um, we have more more millions of dollars of properties under contract now than in the previous 12 months. Wow. So residential is really strong and came back really quickly. Um, commercial side, there's so many different facets of commercial real estate sure. that I can't just say that it, you know, it's, it's been booming. one thing or another. Yeah. You know, everything died in March, April, May, quiet. So we ramped up our um, prospecting and industrial multifamily and mini storage is doing really well. Okay. It's holding the test of this virus um, and uh, doing really well, but retail and office is struggling immensely. Yeah. Um, immensely. So. And we manage a lot of retail shopping centers around Charlotte. Our senior property manager, Stephen Varnado, does a great job and is doing a great job managing those properties along with Tommy Mueller. Um, but it's been, it's been a struggle getting rent paid, um, catching up on rent payments, um, getting their doors open. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have many gym users who still aren't open right. mm -hmm. um, because of their, the type of gym they are. And so it's been difficult for office and retail. Um, I'm an optimist. I think it's going to recover quickly, um, but there are going to be some changes sure, um, for sure. So we have um, assets of commercial real estate that are doing really well. Um, then there's others that are really struggling. Um, my wife and I own commercial real estate for investment. Um, we do have some tenants that are thriving and doing well, and we have some that we had to give rent concessions, and we were happy to help them, and we were glad we were in a position to help them. 
um, and they are keeping their doors open and we're trying to make sure that they get to that next step and making more income. And then, you know, hopefully we get repaid as landlords. Yeah. Um, but anyway, real estate in general, I think is um, doing well, um, better than expected, but there's just different asset classes that are doing better than others. It's really interesting how everything in real estate kind of ebbs and flows, you know? So if you were do if you were in retail spaces 20 years ago, I bet it would just be booming. Whereas mm -hmm. some of the other things you mentioned, particularly industrial or, you know, multifamily places and things like that weren't really the hot thing 20 years ago, so to speak. But it's, true. Um, it's just like anything else in the world, man. I mean, everything evolves and, and um, you know, you can only go forward. You can't go backwards, unfortunately. So yeah, I'm glad um, to hear that uh, storage units are doing really well, though, because recently I were talking about investing in storage units one day. Yeah, um, <laughs> it, it, it partially comes from the fact that I just have too much shit. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, we the, all do. The, the problem is that my mother is like, I won't say she's a hoarder, but uh, she's close to being a hoarder, I think. <laughs> and uh, she'll, every time I go to her house, she goes, oh, I got you this thing. And I'll say, I don't want it. She'll go, okay, great. I got you this thing. And she'll, she'll basically shove it down my throat until it ends up in my car, you That's know? Right. And so I just have this house full of stuff that I don't want that, you know, my mother's purchased from QVC, it seems like. Well, you know, let's talk about, you know, projection, look out the next 10, 20 years. Mm -hmm. You know, people are not seeking 4,000 square foot homes anymore. Right. They're seeking 2,000 and or 1,000 and they want to have more experiences than money tied up in a home. Yeah. And so then, but as a society, we have more things than ever. Mm -hmm. There's just more stuff to buy. Sure. There's more stuff to do. There's Technology, more hobbies than ever. Thing. Technology. Yep. So you got to keep it somewhere. Right. Yeah, you want um, those experiences. Where do you put your kayak? Where do you put your snowboard? Yeah. Where do you put your bike? Your where do you put board? your hobby car? Because yeah. you know, if you rent an apartment, yeah. right in Uptown Charlotte, you don't have a parking your own parking garage, mm -hmm. but you want to work on your Thunderbird, you know, or whatever your Camaro. <laughs> that, was you know. a, that was a that was a great. Uh, you know, people most people probably wouldn't. There's got to be a story here because most people wouldn't go directly to Thunderbird. Like, yeah. okay, let's so, let's talk about that real fast. So my my assistant Wes Cook just picked me up in his his Thunderbird that yeah. he inherited. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> this okay. morning, yeah, it's sick. Yeah. And and it was completely remodeled, so yeah. I was just admiring it this morning. Yeah, so that's why so you that got came Thunderbird right. on the. I was like, I was like, there's got to be a story. As you can even hear us on the way over here. Yeah, yeah. It it was smooth. It got was a little good. ears ringing from it the from the old was, Thunderbird. It's beautiful. He'll yeah. he'll be here in, in an hour. Y'all got to check it out. We'll admire it. You take we'll my truck. It. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride back with him. Yeah, we'll uh we'll just like. we'll just do a round robin on the cars. You know, oh. Christian will drive mine. You can I'll drive the Thunderbird. You know, you can you can drive Christian whatever. Walk before I drove your car. Oh, thanks, man. As tall as y'all are though, you'd have a tough time getting out of Thunderbird. They're small. That's true. That's I would true. be so so. Christian is not much for the automobiles, so I would honestly be surprised if he knew what a Thunderbird. Looks Actually, like. I do know what a Thunderbird okay. looks like. It's, well, right. and it's also famous for having that first giant bird painting on the front, right? Mm. No. Oh, is that really not it? It's mm. really not it. I don't know. So you're thinking about a Trans Am, oh, Firebird? Nerd. What? Firebird? Is no. I, I swear, I remember seeing like a giant bird on the front of a car. This is the way our relationship works. Yeah, so, so now, so now that guy. we've now I'm actually the experience, experience is kind of guy that yeah. you're talking about. He would he would live in a cardboard box and have like all of the like all of his little hobbyist things that he could for sure. So mini storage, mm -hmm. mini storage, <laughs> exactly. yeah, yeah. Mini so you must buy mini storage. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's got to be our next thing for sure, for sure. Yep. I saw um, since we're on the topic of automobiles, um, I saw it's it's that mini storage next to our office. But anyway, um, it, you know we always. It's it, we're consciously looking at all forms of marketing. It seems like you know um, I'll look at money mailers and I'll look at billboards and I just look at these things just to think about different ideas and such. Um, but this mini storage facility, you guys know those boards that are out. You see them in churches a lot, like where they have the boards that say like 
whatever's going on at the church or yes. something like that. Message board. Yeah, the, yeah, the message board. So this uh, mini storage facility says uh, says, hey, hey, you, attention. Uh, your car wants the garage back. <laughs> and I thought, I thought yes. that, was really, that was really clever. That's clever. So, you know, it's it's interesting, man. So um, with real estate, um, you know, how did you originally get into real estate and, and how did you choose commercial? Like, what was your process like getting from there to there, there yeah. to here, I should say? And, and thanks for asking. I mean, I get asked this a lot because um, people are getting their real estate license and they're trying to decide if they want to go residential or commercial. Mm-hmm. And just for a little background, I mean, there is, for every hundred residential agents there might be two or three commercial agents right in, in the united mm-hmm. states mm-hmm. so there's a lot more residential than commercial so um people ask why you know why or how or what um to make a long story short i was playing um professional golf in 2013 wow. and i was playing in um, south america um, on the pj tour latino america and i ran out of my investors money so I flew back to Charlotte and I had no money. Wow. Zero. You know, I had this apartment, this car, and um, and was done with pro golf. I just wasn't, didn't have enough time and wasn't good enough at that moment. And so I got a call from, believe it or not, a girl I was date, dating at the time. Her grandmother called me and said, hey, I'm not going to invest in you. Tough luck. But I need someone to manage these buildings we just bought in Concord. And so I said, listen, I'll do anything. She said, you'll be the property manager. But actually, I was the glorified janitor. Gotcha. And that's fine. I was scrubbing toilets and sweeping floors and that. And she said, you work pretty hard. You should uh, be our handyman, too. Yeah. I'm like, sure, I've never done any handyman work. but So I was caulking roofs, working on HVAC systems, you name it. It was awesome. So getting experience, she was paying me. I was working like 14 hours a day, seven days a week. I oh mean, boy. I was just busting it. Yeah. And she was paying like me. Like fun times. Oh, fun times. But she was paying me pennies. And so then she said, you're pretty good at this. You should try being our leasing agent. So I got on Craigslist, put the spaces on Craigslist, and started <laughs> leasing like crazy. Mm-hmm. Wait, so, what year was this out of curiosity? This was 2014. So this was before Craigslist was current Craigslist. So, yeah. 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 This, <laughs> this is when there was really real estate on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and people used it for other, yeah. like real estate. Right. And so... Uh, she said, you're pretty good, um, so you're, you're going to work even more, but I'm not going to pay you more, but you're going to work even more. And so one of our tenants was a commercial broker, yeah. and he said, dude, as hard as you work, if you got your license yeah, and hung it with my firm and started selling real estate, you'd make a killing. Yeah. I was like, that sounds great, because I'm about to break up with the, the granddaughter, <laughs> oh, and I am, I'm working to <laughs> I got to get out of here. Gotta get out of here. She's going to fire me. So how did... So... so, <laughs> so, so <laughs> So I got my license. How, how much? How much of the? Uh, how much of you breaking up with the granddaughter was due to the grandmother working you to the to the bone? By the way. Oh, none. None. Okay. None. None. none, none. I'm I'm happy to work hard. Yeah. I, you know I don't like being treated the way I was treated. Gotcha. Um, so, gotcha. But but yeah, I'm happy to work hard. Yeah. But got my license the same week I got my license, or actually the week before I met my wife, mm-hmm. and so I met Anna. I was like, this girl's pretty special. Um, I'm about to break up with the girlfriend. Grandmother's going to fire me. I'm about to be in a commission only job. Wow. So what do you, what do I do? I break up with the girlfriend two weeks after meeting my wife and getting my license. And then three weeks later, I asked Anna to marry me. Wow. And so we got engaged five weeks after we met. Wow. That's, that's crazy. And you guys have married for six, six almost six years, six years. And wow. we have four children healthy marriage. She's my teammate in life. I couldn't do anything without her. It just seems like it was the right, the right circumstance. She's a, she's the best entrepreneur you'll ever meet. And her mind is incredible. And so with my work ethic and her mind, we're just a killer team. Yeah. And so, uh, anyway, to make a long story short, I hung my license with that firm. That guy said, Hey, I'll train you. I'll give you all the thing. He trained me for about four hours and said, Hey, I'm busy. Go get it. 
and I did. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you had so, four hours of training from A to Z. To yeah, we, walk, we walked in a few space. buildings, and, you know, he shook some hands and said, I'd like to list your property. And I said, all right, I can do that. Yeah. And so I did. And just went in every building in Cabarrus County. And then <laughs> it just worked. Yeah. And it worked. And so two years later, he looked at me and said, hey, man, you really don't need me. Yeah. You know, I said, good, I'm going to start my own company. And so at two years, you could become a broker in charge. So started Blank Real Estate November 1st of 2016. And now um, we have 20 commercial brokers, property management, buy commercial real estate for investment, um, all under the blank name. And uh, that's how it got started. I got started because someone looked at me and said, you'd be great at this. And, yeah. you know, it was just perfect timing. And now it was tough. The first two years, you know, we engaged, got married, had our, we got pregnant on our honeymoon, um, intentionally, luckily. Um, and it was tough. And so the first two years were very, di- the first 20 months were very difficult. Sure. But as soon as Juggling we caught our, back and forth, just working hard and not seeing a lot of money, because mm-hmm. that's how real estate is the first year or two in brokerage. Um, it takes time to get deals done and get your name out there. And sure. <clears throat> Especially with commercial, I imagine, because all the, all the facets of the, of the deals and stuff. Yeah, residential, you can close a deal in about 30, 35 days. I've had deals in commercial that were under contract for two years. Wow. You know, so the time... That does not sound fun. Like, no. Just, you know. I mean, so you better, you know, have, make some good decisions with money in the meantime or have a little nest egg. We didn't have either, um, but we made it to the 20-month mark, and then we caught our stride, and we've just mm-hmm. been booming ever since. We, it's amazing what you can do if you're willing to starve a couple weeks yeah no kidding we we know um we know an attorney actually that she she's made a business out of uh cash advances for people that are in that realm so people that are working on on um i i don't i'm not gonna do a very good job of explaining this but um she you know you're working on a deal it's one of those deals that you know is going to come through yeah um, money's went hard and you know it but maybe Mm -hmm. it's 60 days before you close and you got to pay the bills right and so that that. that's what she does and she makes a killing yeah um it's a great business model so barbara on a shark tank owns a company called Mm e-commission and i think they charge like 18 or 20 percent interest you know and i mean it's it's a uh, short, I mean, really good returns. Yeah. So yeah, it could be a great business model. That's, that's the case with short-term loans, short-term loans sometimes. I mean, you know, yep. you get that heavy APR. As long as you on. actually have the money, it doesn't really hurt you that bad, but 80% of the time they don't have the money. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's when you cook. What's your collateral? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's a good point. But I, I have, and over the years, we've helped young brokers, you know, they come to us and say, listen, do you believe in me? Yes, I believe in you. We need to pay the bills. So we'll put them on a draw for six months and, and we've never had one not pay us back. Wow. And we love that. You yeah. Know, we love it because I was in that same circumstance. My grandmother loaned us money. You know, I did odd jobs and stuff. And so we know what it's like, mm-hmm. you know, to, to do it. But that, you know, to make a long story short, that's how I got started in it. Love commercial real estate, love real estate in general, have really developed a passion for short-term rental, Airbnb, and just residential brokerage recently in the past couple of years as well but just real estate we just love it you yeah. know disney and real estate my wife and i just love it that's those are your t- that's like your your go-to's your your orlando uh activities back to the activity stuff and then yep. um and then it seems like real estate we have a we have a good work life balance lesson here when i first when i first met clifford here he was telling me about uh how basically even with kids you you and your wife still travel and have fun and do all this stuff and everybody's like you can't travel after kids you can't travel when you own a business like all this stuff um, your story about your work-life balance is pretty amazing. Yeah, thanks for bringing, I mean, yeah, thanks for saying that. I mean, you know, I think it's about being bold and being confident and being fearless to know that 
it, if you're on a plane and children are crying, then guess what? You'll be off that plane soon. Who cares? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just being confident in the world and saying, I- I'm going to put myself out there and do things that other people don't do. And it's going to work out great. And it always does. Always. It's, it's like a, it's like an optimist creed or something, you know, it's like, it's like, I always think about things. It Well, this was one of the uh, aha moments or the epiphanies that I had when I, when I was going through different forms of sales training. But um, one of the one of my sales mentors, he said, every no that you get is one step closer to the next yes. It's just the way that it is. If if the answers are no and yes, then every no that you get is closer to the next yes. That's right. And so when you think about it that way, it's like, you know, even if you have to deal with 100 no's, I mean, you think about people like Danny DeVito that went through like, th- I think it's 341 auditions before he landed his first gig, you know? Mm-hmm. And now we all know exactly who that is. So David's looking at me funny. Was it 341? No, <laughs> I thought I thought I, I thought I butchered the number there or something like that. But but yeah, it, it's a good point. I mean, so life, sales, business. I mean, sports, hobbies. I mean, it's confidence. We're confident that we're great parents, so we can take our children anywhere, do anything we want with them. We have a great teammate support system, and once we started creating better income, we were able to hire nannies to travel with us, or a nanny to travel with us, or you know. We could have a nanny stay at the house, and Anna and I, every year for Valentine's, we either go to New York City or Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you have cool. four children, four or younger, how do you go to Hawaii? We went the last two years yeah. because we have great support system, teammates, and once we created some residual income, we could afford to pay a nanny you know, weekly to come and help us. Or if it's just Anna and I, we've, we have flown in, in a moment's knownness. We've went to Orlando, just Anna and I and the kids and packed everyone up and went and was very happy with that trip and you know it's work and most people don't want uh, they work enough at work they want to you know travel and work or they want to go home and work it's just work and we're just we're just we're we're young and hungry and we want to have experiences because you never know when someone might pull the plug and you might be stuck at home so we're just living life to the fullest yeah um, and while we can, yeah. and if it lasts another fifty years, then great. You know, I hope the bank account keeps up. Yeah, hopefully you're still sure. carrying out your kids around in fifty years. Yeah. Oh my god. Hopefully, hopefully you can get rid of the strollers, <laughs> a couple. You know, but we'll see. Thirty year old sitting at your house. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> no uh, kidding, uh, dude. That 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 seems like the uh, the the best step to getting super dad bod is having a bunch of kids. So you have a bunch of strollers, so you get giant triceps or something. It doesn't like. look like it, but my arms are stringy strong. Yeah, there you go. You know, because I'm always holding them. Right, They're yeah. not big muscles, but they, yeah, they hold together well. The supportive muscle groups. I got yeah, you. If I need to pick up someone in the air, I'm good. Dude, you got you got the, that's the full cleaning. Oh, God, let's not talk about that. So uh, one, of, one of the things that really jumped out at me about what you said, um, getting back just a little bit on the brokers. Uh, when a broker, let's say they're, they're kind of, struggling or or the situation where you put them on a six-month draw essentially right um what's your decision-making process like in qualifying somebody for that because one of the things we like to talk about on business legends is employment i mean um at some point if you want to scale your business you're gonna have to hire employees and it's so important to know what you're looking for within an employee so is there anything that really jumps out that you can remember or that you really saw in somebody where you said they have this quality i'm going to help them out however i can that's a great question. And the way we hire on the brokerage side and the salary side is very simple. Um, I don't care anything about experience. Okay. I only care about morals, ethics, and work ethic. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Literally everyone in our firm has been hired or brought on because of their morals, their ethics, and work ethic. And that is it. Yeah. So if someone comes to me and I know that they're making good moral decisions, even at home, 
you know, with their life. They just make good decisions in their life, personal life. And then ethics, I know that they handle real estate deals with care and consciousness of not doing something deliberately wrong. Sure. And then they work very hard and have great communication. Anyone, anyone who's like that, it comes to us who needs anything, we will bend over backwards. Yeah. Um, these and, are these are the types of things that you see over and over again in every different type of industry you can imagine. I mean, we've had we've had folks that own coffee shops and folks that, um, I mean, we've had attorneys and people that um, own marketing companies and all sorts of things in the show. And those seem to be some of those outstanding features that people always look for in employees. So if you're not a good person, you're not going to get hired, basically, is, the, <laughs> is what it comes down to. Uh, Christian always always laughs at me. You know, we've we've been very blessed and fortunate in that we've both had to make hiring decisions many times. And um, you know, we'll get a resume every now and then, and Christian will come to my office and he'll say, "Hey, look at this real fast." And so I'll get out my big Reese marker, my big red Reese marker, and and I'll I'll look at the the resume, and the first thing that I do is look for grammatical errors. So Ooh. so I'll, I'll look through it or whatever, you know. And when they're good, you know, they get a call back. But if you have a grammatical error on your resume, dude, like that's a mistake. Like, mm -hmm. come on, you know. But the thing that's interesting is you get to the hiring process, the interview, and the first thing that I do as soon as they're in front of me is I throw the resume away. I don't care anything about what's on there. I've never read a resume that doesn't make somebody out to be the best, coolest, most imaginative person in existence. So um, it's kind of interesting. You know, it's not the types of stuff they teach you in school, but it's, it's real-world application type stuff for that. 100% so. agree. Yeah. Um, so moving, moving along here with real estate and, and all of the above types of things, where, where do you think it's going to go in the next five or ten years? Um, one of the things, and I'm, I kind of want to um, uh, prompt this question a little bit. Um, you mentioned how retail is really struggling. Um, do you see, I mean, do you think that almost all of our commerce is going to be through Amazon in the future? And, you know, we're just going to have to work in offices from now on? Or what do you think is going to happen with that stuff? Yeah, I could go a hundred different directions. Um, yeah. But I love the question because I think about it a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I actually think that, uh, the Amazon effect is very real. I think that store, this was, COVID was a great excuse for stores to condense their square footage, sure. go bankrupt, um, come back, recalculate, figure out how to do more e-commerce and have less square footage so that they pay less rent yep. and have less overhead, less payroll taxes, less, you know, um, expenses that are from a brick and mortar store. I think that um, retail is going to be changed forever over the next 10 and 100 years because of the Amazon effect. I think that these companies were looking for an opportunity to scale back on square footage because if you go into a Macy's or a JCPenney's, it's just insane how much dead space there is. Absolutely. Insane yep. how much dead space there is. Um, and so the point is, is that, you know, the cost of renting a warehouse for $5 per square foot and racking 32 feet high and then pulling it down with a machine packaging and send it to the house over paying an employee sit there to try to sell the same product to the same person in mm -hmm. person with all the overhead is enormously differently so different. So, you know, and I could be wrong. I've been wrong a lot in my life, a lot. And so, but my thought is, these big malls and these big box stores are going to turn into community centers yeah. where multifamily is going to be built in these, hotels are going to be built in these, rest, more restaurants, more gyms, more gardens, more community centers, mini storage. That mall, like activity-based things. Activity-based living centers mm -hmm. are going to be built. There's going to be retail. There's going to be office. I think the future of retail and these big boxes is mixed use, sure. is um, multifamily, um, office, retail, 
uh, lifestyle. Like Burkdale's and stuff like, like that. Like a Burkdale, yeah. Yeah. but indoors, under yeah. one roof. And I think the multifamily will go straight through the roof and go, you know, many more stories high than they are now. And there'll be hotels next door. And I think they're going to have their, there's going to be a, a health center. This is where you live if you're really conscious on your health and you live in this building and all these restaurants are good. But if you care more about kayaking, this is right beside a white water center. And so mm-hmm. here's this. And based on that. It's going to be like us living inside of casinos. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Minus so, the gambling. <laughs> so I think that there's a lot of real estate built that has a lot of square footage that is going to be, adapt- we call it adaptive reuse, mm-hmm. um, and it's going to be adapted to our future. And our future is retail is going to have less square footage, but more people live in this world who want to rent instead of buy or own or be in less square footage. And so people are going to start living in more condensed areas. Now, some would say, oh, with COVID, this is going to change. Everyone's going to move to the suburbs. Um, I believe that COVID is going to come and go just like every other pandemic and epidemic we've had. And it is going to change the world. But I actually think that the effect of retail and price of real estate um, and how dense our markets are getting is long term going to affect real estate more than a pandemic. It's really interesting. It's really interesting to think about that that type of stuff. Um, you know, the the Amazon effect being really real. As as you were talking, I was just thinking about how when I was a teenager, I would I would go to the mall for fun. You know, like I would go to the mall and walk around and try to pick up chicks and talk to. I them. still I mean, do that. Yeah, <laughs> outside of the chicks married man, but you know, uh, he. You know, I'm just I'm just messing with him, but um, you know, you go to the mall and you just kind of walk around and and kind of get inspired for maybe something that you want to buy or something that you. Um, you know, something that you want to do or, or get ideas for that type of stuff. I haven't been to the mall to shop even pre-COVID in years. You know what I was like. thinking would be a great, this is kind of like out here in Christian's world, something I thought would be get really Get ready cool. for a head in the clouds idea. I'm, yeah. I'm this, brace, this will happen in the next couple years, impact. I promise. Yep. So like, so say like I'm about, I want to go shopping, right? I put on a virtual reality headset, I cut on my glasses, whatever, and I'm in the mall. And I'm actually going to different stores and I'm looking at clothing and I'm able to see it on my avatar and see what I like and then I press buy and it goes to my cart. Like that hap- already happens on a small level. That's right. But like when that becomes inclusive to where like you're walking around the mall and then your buddy's over here at Buckle looking at some clothing like two doors down, you look over and go and your avatar's waving at them. They already have training centers. They have they have uh, they have education online like this where you walk into like a room where they're having mm-hmm. a seminar and you can interact and they can hear you. Like it's coming. I'm telling you, it's coming. It is, and if you want, yeah, yeah, yeah. XP Realty, yep. Yeah, they don't want offices. Yep. yep, they have that online thing. I yeah. think you're right, and you know, if you want to get into um, conspiracy theories, which I won't, but um, <laughs> but you. if you want, <laughs> if you wanted to, to touch on one, think about a much better opportunity to advance what you just said by trying to get people terrified to go around other people. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's a really good way to advance that technology and say, listen, you don't have to worry about COVID because you can yeah. do it virtually and you can see how it looks on your avatar. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not saying that's the case, but um, I do believe there will be a world one day where cars drive themselves. For sure. Already yeah. happening. Mm-hmm. And that shopping is completely done without you having to be there yeah. already happening. Yeah. So it's already happening. So there's got to be advancements in it because mm-hmm. of technology. Yeah. So what you just said makes the most sense for advancement of technology. Uh, personally, I can't. I, I actually agree with Christian for once. I mean, I think <laughs> I think VR is is the future of that stuff. But you mentioned um, self driving cars. We actually got the opportunity to ride in one in Vegas. Oh, and, did. And we uh, and it was funny because we had three burly dudes. And we said, didn't they, take a video of they it. Said, well, <laughs> they said they said okay, you guys got to sit in the back and uh, and. We've had three burly dudes sitting in the back of a of a BMW, and we had to put our seatbelts on. 
And somehow I got wedged in the middle. I'm the biggest of us three, pretty much. And it was my birthday, so I don't know how you guys managed to do that. I was probably, you know, three sheets to the wind, as it were, or whatever. But that, and so the first thing I did, I took a, I took a, um, a picture, and the guy says, "Oh, you have to delete that. Uh, you're not allowed to have to have a photo." I was like, "Oh, okay, sure thing." And so I still have a photo of the back of a, <laughs> from being in the back of a self-driving car. But they were talking about the uh, the technological impact of that stuff, and the one thing they said that just to this day just blows my mind they said forget about the safety stuff and everything that people are talking about with self-driving cars the cost forget about all that stuff could you imagine now you know here we are in charlotte with i-77 the absolute worst corridor in the entire united states i will take no argument on the subject we we could hop in a self-driving car be able to work out of it which is great in itself but there would be no traffic and I was like, no, well, hold on. There's there's a lot of cars, you know. There's a lot of cars and people out there. Like, no, there'd be no traffic. And I said, that doesn't make sense. How? Why would there be no traffic? Explain this to me. And they said, well, think about it. You know, if there's a lot of cars on the road and you have all these self-driving vehicles, then instead of going, you know, instead of Christian going 90 miles an hour and Reese driving his grandpa Lexus and and going 50 miles an hour and causing different different structures and traffic, you have a whole bunch of cars that are probably going a little less than the speed limit. But doesn't that sound a whole lot better than A, getting in a wreck, or B, getting stuck on 77 for four hours like we all have been? And I was like, <laughs> yep. And that was the moment where I was like, we need this now. Like, yes. it would be it would be tremendous. But, but then the transportation industry dies immediately, or at least yeah. all the employees die. It changes. Yeah. It changes. Yeah. You know? So that's, uh, it's like, I think it's like 15 or 18% of the uh, un- like no, no four-year degree career is truck driver mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it would basically vanish yeah yeah if like uber truck was a real thing mm-hmm. yeah or you know it, it, it latches on yeah it's, it's gonna latch on oh yeah I think- I, yeah I, I hate hearing american jobs being taken by technology but unfortunately that means that we're gonna have to retrain into mm-hmm. something else that is valuable at that time the mm-hmm. same yeah. jobs can't be the valuable for 100 years right look at coal mining yeah yeah I mean, those used to be the highest paying jobs in West Virginia yeah. and probably still are, but now there's only 20% or so left. Yeah. I mean, that's just an example, which I hate it, of, of times changing. Um, talk about technology in commercial real estate. We, My wife and I, um, January of this year, we were talking about property technology in the future. You know, there's we commercial real estate is one of the few industries in the world that is still stuck in, in the dark ages. Mm-hmm. It really is. I mean, you know, physical showings and keys and, you know, just you physically have to be there for a yeah. lot of commercial real estate, selling a piece of real estate, listing it, you know, et cetera. So Anna and I, um, I'll never forget, January 13th, we came up with a company um, called Close Off Market. And basically, we were getting frustrated with the way that um, the off-market game was going. So mm-hmm. off-market real estate being that's never listed on the open market, like LoopNet sure. mm-hmm. and CoStar and yeah. Uh, Crexy and et cetera, or like a Craigslist. Yeah. And so uh, we said, let's come up with a property technology company that sends properties off market directly to subscribers, subscription based, just like Amazon. Right. So that we, and then we have the technology to go in and find owners of real estate that are most likely to sell because of length of ownership. Maybe they're past due on their taxes. Um, maybe uh, it's just a good time for them to sell. Maybe they're local owners and they're not a big REIT real estate investment trust that holds for 10 years, but they mm-hmm. may want to sell tomorrow. And so it literally, we came up with this idea and in 63 days, we turned it from an idea to making our first dollar online wow. completely. Yeah. 
100% property technology. Um, and Mike Simmons uh, with WIMS Consulting was a huge partner in this, making this happening. And he's a big advocate of AR mm-hmm. and owns an AR company for real estate. But, um, but anyway, the point is, is that, you know, Anna and I saw a need in January. And so we got to do something with technology. All of our businesses are very brick and mortar, very hands-on um, deal flow. And so now we have a company that literally is subscription-based and we send people properties and we've had properties go under contract since then completely never saw the property investment wow. real estate and from other state they live in other states um and will never probably i mean may never even see the property but they know that it exists and there's a cash flow involved with it and we found it and we we're selling it to them completely online yeah and wow that's that's we're, tremendous we're super stoked we just yeah. started this um, we don't. We have a few subscribers, and for those subscribers, we're killing it. We're sending them yeah, properties that. monthly. Um, but we, Anna and I, were sitting there in January, going, "What's our next thing? Like, what's mm-hmm. the big thing?" So we have nothing in technology. Yeah, no business in technology. So we came up with this idea and did it. Yeah, just because we're seeing the Amazon effect, and we're seeing yeah. Tesla, and we're seeing all these. Got to adapt. Yeah, we gotta adapt, mm-hmm. and so we did, and we're very excited, and hopefully, it takes off. Seeing yeah. things like Knock. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one big thing that made us think of it. Yeah. Um, was company, I mean, if they're coming for residential, up. give them five years. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I saw. Um, <laughs> speaking of technology, this is a little bit related, but not really. Um, I got marketed to on Facebook. There was essentially they're selling little little uh, one foot by one foot parcels in, in Scotland. Scotland. Yeah. Oh, you already know. You already know <laughs> where this is going. Dude, so so you can you can officially title your, title yourself as a lord or a lady. And I thought about doing it just to mess with Christian and say, and tell him, yeah, forty nine ninety five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I'm guessing. Should I be addressing you as Lord Clifford right now? No, I thought I thought about doing it just to hang it in my office, just to make Christian address me as as Lord Reese or Lord Arlen for those not, of you, not those of you plebeians that don't that don't have any uh I'd rather be any royal. <laughs> off with your head. Off with your head. So this is what it's like on a daily basis, by the way. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. One of my sure. best friends is from Glasgow, Scotland. Okay. Yeah. So I sent it to him, and I was like, Tuna Pat, doing more real estate than you in Scotland. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There <laughs> was, you go. He's like, oh, mate. Oh, <laughs> oh, mate, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. You'd, you'd probably be like the laughing stock of everybody in Scotland if you did something like that. Uh, well, so, Clifford, man, thank you so much for, for joining us today. I feel like I've, I've, A, learned a lot, but we've really loved you as a guest. Um, we like to sign off. Um, well, first off, if somebody needs needs some real estate needs, how can they get a hold of you or your firm? Yeah, thank you. I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. Um, email Clifford at blank with a Q uh, real estate.com. Um, on Instagram, blank real estate, B-L-A-N-Q real estate. Uh, Facebook, blank real estate. Uh, LinkedIn, Clifford Blankwisset Jr. I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, cell phone number, 919-356-3453. Office, 704 704- Seven two seven six two zero two. I'm really easy to get a hold of. Yeah, um, you just gave them like a hundred different ways to get a hold of you. Too. Yeah, so now they have no excuse. So if no someone excuse. doesn't contact me, yeah. I know it's them, not me. Oh, okay, right, I, right. I know it. Yeah, and so, but anyway, yeah, very easy to get a hold of. We love to help. I have a great team, and we team up and partner up on a lot of opportunities, and and we're very skilled and work very hard. So we'd love to help. Yeah, absolutely, um, man. Thank you so much for joining the show. Um, we always like to sign off by asking one outside of the box question whenever I can think of one. And usually I don't, but I think I got a pretty good, good one this time. So, um, you know, we talk a lot about technology, talk a lot about how the world's changing. Um, what do you think that buildings will actually have in the future that, that would be a technological advancement for the better? That's a good question. <clears throat> buildings. 
let me tell you what prompted it, and, and maybe this will give you cool. a, an idea. I, an idea. I, I read I read a, um, an article about Bill Gates, and back in like the 90s, he had every guest in his house able to have like a bracelet, and the bracelet would change the AC to the exact temperature that they like. So for me, it would be like 73, and for Christian, it would be like 54 or something. That 66. Because he's, mm-hmm. he's, his body is made out of molten lava or something <laughs> like that. But, um, you know, I, I just think it'd be interesting. And then the other thing that I was thinking about, especially all the COVID stuff going on, is if, um, if you know, buildings could have any form of self-sanitization or something like that. Yeah. So one thing that always comes to mind, when I walk into a building in Uptown Charlotte or downtown Orlando or anywhere, <clears throat> I usually see two, <clears throat> call it security guards or se- or receptionist, sure. sitting there and saying, who are you coming to see and all that. I think eventually those will be um, robots. Okay. I really do. Yeah. I'm not saying for better or for worse, but, you know, if COVID becomes... Uh, something that 50% of the population is affected by, then yeah, I think that could happen. You yeah. Um, it would be like John Wick. be like John Wick where you have the hotel and the, <laughs> yeah. and the Gatling gun. What if, what if instead of robots they use, uh, they, they use like, what do they call that? Machine learning. So like they recognize your face with the with the picture that, that you have on the profile, best. and they yes. just automatically open the elevator, take you to where you got to yes. go. So casinos already do that in a way because casinos, um, they, have, they have that learning in place. So if you get caught cheating at a casino or whatever, yeah. good luck getting ten feet in that sucker. Yeah. Like they they already know. Like yeah, I bet so, it could be used. So mm-hmm. I think you know to elaborate a little bit more, the big biggest expense of owning a building is uh, maintenance um, and overhead, other than taxes and insurance. Sure. So common area maintenance is the next biggest thing. Typically, can be up there with the same price as insurance or more. But I think that um, there could be robotic. Um, uh, property managers and robotic handymen or or women that work go up and caulk the roofs like little jobs. Yeah, you know, because if you call a roofer right now to come caulk a roof, um, there's a one hundred and twenty five dollar fee to come there, sure. and then you don't know how much caulk they're using, and it could be a three hundred and fifty dollar job for something that really could take in a robot or you three minutes to go up there and just caulk and, it with something from Lowe's, yeah. two dollars from Lowe's. So. Um, I frankly think that in the next 50 years, we'll see more robotic um, employees that do these small maintenance items and or cleaning and or checking people in. Um, And I'm not saying I'm for it. But I'm just saying, if you ask me that question, that comes to mind that I think could happen. Things that are th- things that are around the corner. So yep, speak. Thank you. Yeah, I think um, you know I've seen a lot of the the robot mowers and stuff, so I could yes. see where with common area maintenance, how yes. eventually everybody's going to have the Husqvarna mower that's just automatically keeping keeping up. At least their with like stuff, mopping, like, you know, you yeah. can obviously get an automatic. At least mopper. cleaning. Yeah, yeah, will yeah. maybe be the first thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, Clifford, thank you so much for joining us today, man. Enjoyed Appreciate it. Thank you for having me.